Hello and welcome to the Nevermind Polly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host. And we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. How are you doing? How are you living? I hope you're all doing well. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate you for checking out this episode. This episode is with the fantastic Dog Tired. I sat down with guitarist Luke of Dog Tired to speak all about their brand new fifth studio record, The Red Verse, which is out on June 3rd. This is a cracking little conversation with Luke. Uh, we recorded this at like 9am, um, so I was a little bit groggy to begin with, to be honest with you, but um, we, we hashed it out, we thrashed it out, and it's a great conversation. And you know what? This album is fucking mean as fuck. If you're into your riffs, if you're into your kind of really fucking thrashy kind of metal, this one is for you. But not only that, Luke is a lovely human being, and we touch on everything in this conversation that Luke has been up to in Dog Tired for the last few years and things. But also, uh, we touch on the state of metal and Spotify versus, um, you know, the old school kind of uh, having CD Walkman back in the 90s. If you're a 90s kid, you'll understand what I mean by that. But um, yeah, we talk about everything, and it's, um, it's a great conversation. As ever, I want to say a massive thank you to you guys for listening. Uh, you guys are fucking wicked. The support has been unreal the last couple of weeks, so it's really greatly appreciated. And um, we are back here with another interview. So I'm going to be quiet now and let you guys listen to that interview. But before we do, I just want to say quickly one more thing, and that is if you have listened to one or more episodes of the show, you have to tell at least five of your friends about the show. That's the rule. Unfortunately, I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Anyway... See you on the other side. Peace. Ta-ta. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. My name is Matt. I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. And this time around on the show, I've got the excellent dog-tired guitarist, Luke, on the line. How are we doing, sir? Hey, doing fine, man. Doing fine. I have a, have a frozen. No, I'm all good. I'm there again. I'm all good, man. <laughs> good 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 um so first and foremost thank you as i said uh, previously for taking the time to come and chat with us um this is uh, the second time attempt at this obviously had a bit of a, a family thing to sort out last time so i apologize but yeah it's um it's good to finally sit down and chat how's how's things how's uh, life right now everything good life's good uh, we've we've started the the red tour which is the mm. tour for this new album and we started in france of all places so Ooh, nice. we've just done uh strasbourg dijon and lyon and nice. did, i think it was like 2161 miles in the van or something like That's that <laughs> and uh it was fucking fantastic like uh, the gigs were brilliant uh the french people are amazing the metal scenes class that's was probably the first time i've I've really been in France since I was like a wee kid. So mm. it was like a total eye-opener, uh, brilliant people. And uh, it was just nice to know that even though the whole Brexit chats came in, that mm. even the border security guards were in the middle and they were like listening yeah. to the YouTube. They were watching the YouTube video of Eyes of the Divine and checking my passport off the image of me on the YouTube thing. He was like, oh, metal's Amazing. the only way. It just sent us through. So we were like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That's really not. It's really refreshing to hear that take on on the whole Brexit and the music industry thing because I can totally 
understand the ball like that Brexit is, Brexit is a, a thing in terms of Tory musicians. We've so we've seen like um, the news articles, horror stories of bands yeah. being denied and whatever else because they've not got this and they've not got that. It's such bollocks. Just let people pay play music, man. It's it's quite exactly. Like. <laughs> and it's not like it's not like we're wheeling through with forty trucks worth of gear like Metallica or that. Hey, we're yeah. just in a Nissan. Like, all right, mate. <laughs> yeah, literally. What what have you got in the back? Guitars and <laughs> amps. That's about it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Of course, we're we're here predominantly to talk about um, Dog Tired's fifth studio record, uh, The Red Verse. How are you feeling kind of ahead of of that release? And what's the mood like in camp at the moment? The mood's good. Uh, um, As you can, uh, anyone in a band would agree that, you know, getting an album together and recording it and then doing all the promotion. And there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff that goes on. Mm And that's, I suppose it's the, the part that's not fun being in a band, yeah. but uh, we've finally got to the, the last hurdle. And then yeah. going on onto that French tour, it kind of solidifies why we do it as well. So we're like, yes, we're like definitely game and keen for everyone to hear this. And there's yeah. also a part of us sitting, you, you sit on something that you've created and you've heard it a million times, but no one else has heard it. So you've got that yeah. question in your head, you're like, is this shit? <laughs> you know because you're just waiting to release it but then we released the eyes of the divine video and it's i mean it's up to about sixteen thousand views or something like that already on oh, youtube amazing. so so yeah folk are digging it which is cool um we've just dropped uh mars their second single quite sneakily yesterday so uh it's nice it's nice to actually get music out there and then you know as as of uh the third of june it's mm-hmm. that amazing feeling that when you've essentially obsessing about something that you've recorded and you love and it's really close to you when it gets released it's not yours anymore it's everyone else's so there's that kind of release after that as well you're like well here you go see what you think kind of thing so absolutely and and that's the thing as well it's something that i can kind of relate to in podcasting i'll have a fantastic conversation with someone and then it will be like two or three weeks or whatever until it comes out and i'm just like i just need everyone to hear it and then like you get yeah. the, the feedback the first wave of feedback and you're like ah oh, it's all right because like you say when you're editing and you're, you're doing things creative you're like is this shit like and it's a total yeah. story well, I mean, thing to yeah. be like is this shit like i love that yeah and there's a night a bang that keeps you humble as well and it keeps you mm. like hungry writing new stuff like even recording new stuff and try trying to like best yourself kind of thing because it's always that niggle being like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wanted to, so I've kind of structured the, the point, I started to start to try and structure the podcast in, in a certain way and order and things. So I wanted to touch on um, kind of early life of Luke, the guitar player, the musician, the creative human being that you are. Um, so I wanted to start off kind of with your kind of musical upbringing. Was your, is your, any of your family musical? How did you kind of get into music and playing guitar and things? So... I mean, Matt, I've got a big family. Uh, mm. But even from when I remember being like really, really young, mm-hmm. uh, there would always be a guitar about. There would always be like, for instance, a family party, and there would be one guitar that was shit that would get passed around to everyone. And everyone could just play something or play guitar. And everyone would sing in harmony as well. And that, oh, and nice. I actually, I actually just thought that this was like, that's what human beings, every human being was like that. And it was only when I got older, I was like, oh wait, this family doesn't sing. Like my, your mate's family and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but like legendarily, my mum's like about the height of a hobbit, and she plays guitar, mm-hmm. guitar upside down, back to front, plays a G chord with her thumb, and all that. Amazing. Uh, Love that. But I think it's like you know, it was just always around. Yeah. Uh, so I must have like music must have just been you know in me kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I was like automatically kind of drawn to the guitar. Mm-hmm. After I think what did I do when I was about ten? I think I tried the bagpipes for about two weeks. That was shit. Yeah. 
uh, turned out to buy a hate bagpipes and playing a chant was like the shit version of a bagpipe. And they were like, yeah. oh, you can't play the real one until you played the shite one. I was like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't play the cool one. So there was that. And then uh, I think I tried to play the violin for about three weeks, but I ended up holding the guitar. Uh, well, yeah. sorry, holding the violin like a guitar. The sure. uh, I that that didn't go well uh, with a teacher who was called Mr. Dick. <laughs> uh, so uh, and then it was probably I think I got my first guitar when I was about maybe what eleven, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't really pick it up until I was about twelve, and I really started yeah. to just get I'm pretty obsessed with it because I remember uh, my cousin just blasting "Sad but True" into my face with like the big yeah. kind of old CD hi-fi that you got, yeah. blasting that, and I, I remember being like. I have no fucking idea what's going on, but that's fucking class. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then it kind of snowballed into, you know, I, I remember, if you, only if you were rich, you had Sky. So mm-hmm. I would be up the band, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, fucking Sky, here we go, music channels. Yeah. And I remember, it must have been about 12, and just saw an unbroken video of Pantera, and was just like, mm-hmm. who is that guy with the red beard? Because that's mental. Yeah. And yeah. then it, was, it became like an obsession uh, for myself, but also for Keith, the drummer. He was, well, the drummer at Altair, he was a guitarist back in the day. So yeah. we kind of learned how to play guitar together. Uh, oh, that was, I mean, that was it. That was that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to play heavy metal. We wanted to be touring the world. And now I'm 35 and still fucking trying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's um um you see I see a lot on social media and the people saying like I want to be successful, right? And then it's kind of like, well, how do you define success, right? Because I, I can only talk from my own experience and things. So my definition of success is getting to have conversations with yourself and, and various stuff and artists and bands and not have someone tap me on the shoulder and go, excuse me, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's my level of, okay, cool. I'm, I'm happy. I don't need to be fucking doing this, that, and the other. But what is kind of your level of success in that regard then? I think is, the, is drive, it just doing- the drive's always been the reason that, you know, and we do remind ourselves of this as well. The reason we're in a band is because it's fun. It's because yeah, we get in a room absolutely. together and we get to write music that, we always joke saying we try and write music that is what we would want is walk into a venue and see a band playing. We'd be like, yeah. well, that's exactly what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the, the level of success for me and probably for Keith and the rest of the guys is it's just about playing more gigs and it's about mm-hmm. playing to more people and and letting new folks experience your tunes. And if they like them, then that's amazing. And that's that's success to me, like playing as many shows as we possibly can that are just like really worthwhile and folk are like, you know, you essentially like making someone's day happy from like, yeah. you know, playing riffs and folk coming up to you and be like, man, that was an amazing set. That's made me feel like amazing. Thank you very yeah. much. That's, 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 that's success. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. And there's no and, fucking money in music anyway. So, you know, you've no, got to exactly. what you can. So. That's very true. That's very true. That's very true. Um, I wanted to touch on what was the first uh, album or, or CD I think you bought with your own money, if you can remember the, what it was. Uh, I can't remember, but I remember being 10. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is a kind of, I remember being 10 and my, <laughs> it was me and, me and my mate Keith and our pal at the time, Fester, yeah. playing where, I think we had, like, why don't we join like fucking uh, Playmobil? That was like the cowboy town with Star Wars toys, and that'll make it like Tatooine. But at the yeah. same time, we had Master of Puppets playing. I remember, I clearly remember that being like, this is fucking class. Like, yeah. I think the first album I bought with my own money was, uh, it must have been God Hates Us All. 
God, oh, that's a awesome. fucking great album to start with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember going in and being like, you know, that that was it's different days. It's, I think it's different for kids now. They don't have that same level of excitement that you would get on the bus yeah. and you mm-hmm. buy something and you had this like, am I allowed this? You know what I mean? This this is yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. intense, man. And then you'd be like on the back with your jog proof CD like player on the bus. Again, yeah, there wasn't jog proof at all. It was shite. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like listening and just reading the back like all the lyrics and stuff like that being like yeah. this is heavy metal as fuck <laughs> yeah. absolutely and that's the thing as well I, I think that the um the spotify generation and versus uh sort of what i call that the 80s 90s kids and things is kind of like there is a, a kind of divide because nowadays you could have everything and music is so disposable which is you know a problem first and foremost but at the same time I would have never listened to half the music I listen to now on, on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever else because it's so accessible versus back when I was a teenager when I was quite tribalistic and if it isn't like fucking naughty's too new metal, I don't want to touch it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. It is, it's kind of, it is a good thing, but also a bad thing. It's a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, I just, you know, hopefully there'll be a kind of, I'd like to think that there'll be like, not a revolt, but like some sort of like change with a kind of social media and people. I mean, you can already kind of see it well, yeah. like maybe the older generation buying vinyls and going, no, yes. no, like music's an important thing that like you you, you buy something and it's a, a possession of yeah, like absolutely. artwork essentially and you sit and you listen to it and that's what you do. It's like a thing that you do rather than I'll do it yeah. whilst I'm making the tea or whatever it is. So. Yeah. so hopefully, yeah, I just want young folk to have that same level of excitement I had and hopefully they are in their own, maybe, maybe they are, maybe I'm just being an old man here and being like, oh, Spotify generation, these bastards and all that, like, so maybe they are having a great time, we just don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wanted to, so bear with me a little bit on this, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the band you were in previously, uh, Torn Face, quickly, because that was kind of more of a stoner metal project, if I've got correct correctly, but the reason I want to bring that up is because you recorded um, with the previous bandmate for this, for this, uh, this new record um jamie what was it like getting back with jamie and um and helping uh, record things with that so torn face kind of I, I was brought in the torn face when i was like maybe like 21 or something like that mm-hmm. yeah and we ran for about seven eight years and man it was great fun it was it was a yeah. brilliant band it was uh more like we would just turn up to the recording studio and be like fucking let's just see what happens let's just jam mm-hmm. stuff and that was a nice it was a nice kind of liberated feeling rather than like being kind of not regimented, but, you know, different kind of recording attitudes. But yeah. Jamie joined the band in a, like on the, after we had done that album. Uh, the guitarist at the time, Stevie, left. And then uh, Jamie came in. And, like, riffing with Jamie, it was just, it was so easy. You, we would just yeah. bounce ideas off. It was the time thing we'd be writing a song that we thought was our best song within 40 minutes in the jam room. We were like, well, this is class. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Kind of the, the biggest regret I've got in music is like we recorded a whole album. Well, no, sorry, we wrote a whole album that was like leagues better than the first one. Yeah. And just at the kind of final hurdle, just because of loads of different reasons, it all kind of fell apart. So we never got to record those songs. No. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But Jamie's the type of guy that like guitarist wise, we'd be like, Jamie, that, that section needs a solo. And then he'd just sit in there for like five minutes, like it would do yeah. two takes. And I'd be like, well, that's the best guitar solo I've ever heard. You're a dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's it. We, we kind of knew each other anyway. Because mm. he was in Firebrand Super Rock. Yes. And, yeah, kind of of and we used to, kind of, we kind of grew up together, like touring mm. a lot and stuff like that. And it was, I suppose, like in Edinburgh, uh, Dog Tired and Firebrand were kind of like the outsiders almost. We were like mm. the ones that weren't from kind of Edinburgh. We're in that kind of scene. We were always like prodded in like, oh yeah, we're here to yeah. get steaming and have fun and play riffs. 
<laughs> so we kind of grew up together, like with that. Uh, but that then Jamie joined Torn Face, it was great riffing with him. And then it was he was he's always recorded his own stuff in the yeah. fire band. So it hit a point that it was uh, like when it came to doing Electric Abyss with Dog Tired, we had done the kind of studio stuff before, but uh, the guy who's amazing, Graham, uh, who used to run Chamber Studio, uh, it was a brilliant experience, but we just thought moving for on the Electric Abyss, Jamie just knew us for about a decade and he knew all exactly what we wanted to do. It was an absolute breeze recording with yeah. him because he's just got better and better at recording as well. Yeah, uh, and then coming to the electrical bus, we drove him into the mental breakdown. <laughs> no, no, but it was it was amazing, and it was it was a it was an exciting time because recording this new album, we did it as new studio in Lauder. Oh, amazing, uh, nice. And that's you know it's it's exciting for Jamie because we were the first band in, and he'd be like, right, I've got eight mics on the cab for the guitar just in yeah. case, and I'm like, cool man. He's <laughs> like, I don't know what the room's like, we'll just capture everything. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> so amazing that, stuff. It's brilliant, man. Did that, I love that. did that answer your question? I kind of just went. Yeah, no, that. That, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 all good. It's all good. Um, and I wanted to talk about um the Electric Abyss, which dropped in 2019, because uh, and I'm going to put this in a, in a phrase that seems quite light. The world okay. is a different place in 2023. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, did any of the of the factors that have happened in the last couple of years and the last few years kind of affect the writing process or how you uh, looked at uh, going about music and things? Uh, I think uh, it did affect the writing process, but not in maybe not in a negative way, as you would use. Yeah, sure. As soon as you were mentioned the big C COVID or that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's just it's horrific. It's horrific yeah, it that that happened to all of us. Fuck, I can't. It feels like some sort of mad nightmare that's happened it now. Does. Like, but uh, it was a time where there was there was no gigs, and, mm. and I was kind of sitting in here, trumpeting the bit, just playing riffs, coming up with ideas and stuff. But as soon as it was legal and we were allowed to. Uh, meet up with like one friend inside yeah. and all that. Me and Keith just went to the jam room and there was a kind of liberating feeling of like, well, there's no gigs. The world has literally stopped. Let's just play yeah. some fucking riffs. And that's what we did. And, it, and I, was, I said this before to someone else that was interviewing us. It was uh, that I think there's, there's, a, there's a visceral aggression to this album that's just like really on point. And yeah. that must have been the fact that we were fucking really pissed off as well with what was happening. Uh, yeah at that time, uh, not just from COVID, just like generally, if like, you know, your only outlet kind of became social media. Yeah. That's just a cesspit of poisonous hate most of the time kind of thing. So, Absolutely. so like you're trying, I'm trying to avoid it, but at the same time, it must be like, fuck the world, man. What's going on? What's going on in America the now type thing, eh? So. Absolutely. And I, I think when, whenever there's kind of been, um, you know, not so much a pandemic, but kind of any kind of injustice in the world uh, yeah. and things like that, the best music comes out of that. You know, because um, there was a there was a quote, and I can never remember who t who said it, but um, they said that basically the um, I'm butchering the quote now. Um, the best place for kind of emotion and anger is in music because it doesn't hurt anybody. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you can you can go out and like punch a fucking wall if you're a 14 year old or whatever, or you can go out and get on the drink and drugs or whatever else. But it's so much more uh, cathartic and kind of like. Um, better for everybody if yeah, you sit yeah. and go right. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna write the meanest fucking riff I can and make the <laughs> meanest song I can because you know that's gonna resonate with a lot more people than you gonna go punch a drywall, for example. Do you know what I, I mean? It's, it's better for you as well. Like, I mean, yeah, of course it is. I, I was talking to someone recently about you know years ago. Uh, I was in this fucking work meeting or that uh, big huge conference thing, and this woman came up and she was like, right, I'm going to talk about mindfulness. And I was like, bullshit, this sounds crap. And she was talking about like 
think of a river, close your eyes, hold a leaf. And I was like, what a lot of shit. <laughs> but then it was only then when I kind of started reading up about it, I was like, oh, that like mindfulness doesn't have to be that. Mindfulness is anything yes. that your mind can focus on and you don't think about anything else. And yeah. then I was like, wait a minute, I've been practicing mindfulness since I was 10 years old, like playing yeah. guitar, because I just lose my mind and just like go away into another world. Absolutely. And when you're saying like, oh, write, write a certain riff and stuff like that, I don't really think of that. I'm just like, ah, I just start yeah. playing. And then I'm like, well, that's cool. Fuck about it. And this is uh, like back in the day, it's like you couldn't record things. I didn't have that till I kind of maybe got about 15. So you'd be writing ones and zeros and threes on a sheet trying to remember the timing. Like, I'll, I'll definitely not forget. Then you go get a sandwich and come back and be like, I've just forgotten the greatest riff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. And I always I always make a point of saying, when I get kind of in my own head about anything, whether it's podcast stuff, whether it's life, whatever, um, I go out and I basically go touch some grass, which sounds kind of like kind yeah. of counterintuitive, but just get outside and just be amongst kind of fresh air and like just go for a walk. And that instantly just clears my mood because, yeah. you know, with anything, you can be just focusing so hard on something. You're like, okay, this isn't working. If I just take myself out of it for like 30 yeah. seconds and then reassess it, you know, it normally works out for me, you know? Outside is an amazing thing. I mean, outside is the only thing that can truly cure a hangover if you've got the, yeah, the unbelievable hangover you get outside and even if you're just sitting there and you're like oh my god i'm gonna die then <laughs> within two minutes or no sorry two hours maybe if you yeah. and also if you've had that we like hear the dog pine you do feel like 100 percent better like the things so. absolutely and taken from a scotsman i know how much scots can drink that's uh well, that's it's all about well, but a lot of the times it's pish and rain so we can't get outside so the hangovers are brutal so what we have to do is we rely on Iron Brew instead. Like, and we Literally. have a tub with like sunny days in Iron Brew. Like. You know, you know what? So uh, as we spoke before, I went up to Scotland last week for for a holiday with my other half, and um, I thought the whole Iron Brew thing. I know you liked Iron Brew up there, but I thought it was kind of a bit meme if that makes sense. A bit like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. it's just it's a bit of a gimmick. But no, you really like Iron Brew. It's <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like it's, it's just it's, it's a, like a, a staple in everyone's yeah. diet. It doesn't matter. Like it's almost like the adverts that come on TV for Iron Brew. They're for people that are not from Scotland because everyone yeah. else is so everyone's like, of course we drink fucking Iron Brew. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the live show because um I've actually seen you guys uh previously. I saw you guys at Bloodstock a couple of years ago and you were fucking sick, just out, obviously. Uh, and it was a, a real brute force of a, a assault of the senses, but um Obviously, you played um, a show, a couple of shows in France and things. What is kind of ahead? Because as I've got in my notes, you've got um, a show up in Edinburgh and a show up in, in Sheffield. Is that right? Is there yeah, we have. I, wish I, I don't actually have it printed out, but we have, yeah, let's red, we have the Red Tour booked or the Red Tour so far booked. Yeah. Uh, and there's a fair whack of shows. In fact, I should probably, since I'm trying to hunt the band, actually get them up and fucking... Yeah, no, it's fine. You're good. It's <laughs> next, man. Uh, no, it's like... So this is the kind of the, the the tour so far, and what we're going to do is we just kind of want to get out before we hit France, yes, and we're sure. going to be adding to it as we go, kind of thing. So oh, amazing, nice, that's cool. So yeah, I, I guess I guess the best place is probably social media. That's all going to be on there, I suppose. Yeah, man, uh, I've got, it is loading. Okay, yeah, I've, got, right. I've got. Look at that! I'm a professional. I've got up on my phone. Okay, lovely stuff. Oh no, that's just a blank fucking square. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> I mean, uh, fucking... Tell you what, come back to that question. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so obviously, um, with five records out, how do you go about picking a set list? Because I guess it the more out, more music you put out there, 
the harder that must be to narrow down the set list, I guess. Or is it kind of just uh, a case of, right, well, these these songs aren't uh, coming out of the set list ever. They're staying in as permanent. How do you go about making uh, a set list and things? The thing is, I think you can, you can get quite bogged down on that because you are right when you, the more songs you're writing and you always think the new stuff's the best stuff. And Yeah, for sure. And there is a part of us that, like, you know, we're like, yeah, but we've got to play the classics for folk and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But there's a bit of that. Well, we've just spent all this time, like, writing these new songs and we want to play them live. So fucking let's play them. So yeah, like, the, when it comes to the, the album launch, there's a lot, like, a lot of the album in it. And yeah, that's kind of what we've done is, like, when we bring in a new album, we're like, Last album's redundant. Let's keep on going, and then uh, and then songs will kind of. We always keep a couple of classics in it and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but uh, predominantly the new the new set is new stuff. And it was yeah. nice to go to France, and France France was a great scenario where it was all new to them, so they didn't care. They were just like fucking let's go, and it was great yeah, for us yeah. to kind of. There's like when if you're playing something new, especially if it's fast and stuff like that, you've thought about playing it, but you've never actually went on stage and went, right, I'm going to headbang to this. And you're like, man, that timing's fucking weird. <laughs> you yeah, like, yeah. Get used to what, what you're actually going to do and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so the, the idea is we just decide to play mostly new stuff because that's what we want to show the world and that's what we want to do. So. Absolutely. And you know, that's, that's one thing that I will always say, um, because when, when bands release an album, they go on tour and things like that. It, it really shows if a band is confident in their material if they're playing a lot of the new stuff. So yeah. I've been, you know, I've seen bands that have dropped like a brand new record. And I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, this, all these songs are great. And yeah. then they play predominantly old stuff and it was like, hmm, what a strange little conundrum. Well, yeah, it's just because so, you're trying to punt that new stuff. So yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I love the idea that in France, because obviously the album's not out. So, yeah, it's out mm. in the third. So we played all these new stuff and those guys being like, that fucking first song was amazing. Can't wait to hear it in the record. I'm like, yeah, man, totally. Wait till the third. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what? It's not out yet. I'm like, no, no. Right, I've got yeah. that list, man. Two six. Okay, cool. Yeah, go for it. So, so this Sunday we're playing Swindon at level three. Amazing. Uh, we're supporting Battleborn. That was meant to be the kind of Manor Fest weekend. And yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, I suppose it's like the refugees of the bands that were on that are playing this gig as well. And then yeah. we've got the launch on the 3rd of June in La Belle Angel in Edinburgh. That is going to be yeah. an absolute... We kind of think the tagline just now is the biggest fucking heavy metal vomit party that has hit Edinburgh like, in a long time. Uh, yeah, but then you're right, we're playing Network in Sheffield on the, the 8th, uh, Trillion on the 9th. We're actually playing a festival that's not on this poster uh, on the 7th of July, Colville mm. Metal Fest. Uh, and that's on Earth Promotions. They're great, guys. And then when we went over to France, we played with a band called Death Awaits, who are fucking okay. they're brilliant. Nice. They're, they're an amazing band, really amazing dudes. But we went over to France, played gigs with them, and they're mm -hmm. coming over here and doing the, the mass exodus journey. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're playing uh, Ivory Blacks. Uh, sorry, uh, they're playing uh, Hellraiser on the 14th, Ivory yeah. Blacks on the 15th, and uh, they're playing Dundee Beat Generator on the 16th. So we were playing, we were playing Glasgow and Dundee. Uh, we're not playing the Edinburgh one, but definitely come and see Death Awaits because they're fucking banging. They're a great band. Absolutely. And, and I was going to say, was just, I was just going to say, um, if you send me that uh, on email before, after the podcast, I'll I'll do this all in the intro as well. But you carry, you carry on. You're fine. Just so we get a bunch in there. Nope. <laughs> and then we're going to take a take a break, and uh, we go and start back up in August. So we're Amazing. doing the Hive and Rotherham on the twenty fifth. The mm -hmm. Metal Monocle in Leicester on the 26th and the Tap and Tumblr, this Tuckstock. I mean, loads of great bands in this thing. And the Tap yeah. is like a really small pub. 
Yeah, I love the tap and tumble. It's got, great. Like, we've got us battalions on it, pissed on it, or is it dirt? Anyway, the, the lineup is just fucking furious. And I'm like, in that wee pub, that'll be rad. Like, so I'm really looking forward to that. Love uh, and then uh, we're doing the three tons in Gateshead on mm-hmm. the 23rd of September and Krakatoa, which used to be called the Moorins, uh, yeah. like a pirate themed pub in Aberdeen. But you come out and there's like just ships right there. Uh, it's called Krakatoa now. So really looking forward to there because we haven't actually been up to Aberdeen in a long time. Mm. Uh, and if they are anything like the last place uh, that, that was called the Murins, they sold yeah. 90% rum. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah. Nice. And that was like at the end of the like end of the night, Way! like it's all high fives. Let's drink this rum. So we've all found <laughs> the rum. Way! And it was all just like, again, on the knees, like the, the spittle. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> so, so that'll be good in Aberdeen. So that's that's what we've got just now. But mm-hmm. there's other dates definitely coming in. There's a kind of tour plan for October and that as well. And another country that's undisclosed yet just now. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a year of touring. And that's the that's the best part. That's you know, mm-hmm. recording was great. It gets quite intense, especially when you're doing your fifth album recording. But yeah. uh, this is the kind of the payoff when you get to go and play your tunes all around the UK and different countries. Absolutely. So it kind of leads me quite nicely into, into a question that I like to ask my guests, and that is what is your favourite live moment or experience you've had uh, being in the band? So far? Mm. Uh, probably Bloodstock, actually. When, when you yep. saw us in Bloodstock on the Sophie stage. Yep, uh, cool. I remember the band before us were class, uh, but we were all just setting up, getting our heads in the game and stuff. Yeah. And the backdrops went up. I've looped out and I was setting up my pedals. And yeah. I, I, it was kind of a nice day. So like the, the tent just naturally disperses after a band's yeah. playing. And then yeah. I was like, oh, there's not that many folk here. Like, oh, well, you know, we're here, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I plugged in my lap, the lap pedal and the fucking noise suppressor and looked up and the tent was packed. I was just yeah. like, fucking hell. And then we're at the back of the stage. And I remember the backdrop was up, the intro's on. And then we always do like a kind of fist bump and see what we say in that. Like, yeah. uh, uh, we say Van Halen before we go on stage. I don't know. It's just, it's always stuck. We've said it for years. We just say Van Halen. None, none, none of us are like huge fans of Van Halen. We just say it. <laughs> it's just stuck. Sure. We said Van Halen, and usually we all walk on together, but we said Van Halen, and then Barry and Chris fucking walked miles away to go on the stage <laughs> on the other side. So we're standing there waiting to go on, just like, hiya! <laughs> and then we went on, and it was just that that first experience of playing rest to that crowd was amazing. And folk yeah. just immediately got into it. It yeah. wasn't the case that we won them over by the end. It was, it was just chaos from the start. So that was an amazing experience. Absolutely, I was part of that. I was part of that chaos. You brought me out of mosh pit retirement, which you know is always it's always a, a good thing for for the band, but never for me because I'm fucked after like twenty minutes. Well, <laughs> I went to Cannibal Corpse recently, uh, and it was mm-hmm. what a fucking gig. But oh, I felt like somebody's da, just like oh Christ, <laughs> like, no, like, uh, just hulling yourself into uh, the car, squeeze whatever youth's left. Oh! <laughs> I love that. Um, I wanted to touch on um, the fact that obviously we, we're very grateful. We have a, a quite a wide variety of, of people who listen to this podcast, uh, including some on my Spotify uh, analytics and whatnot, some younger folks. So I wanted to ask, um, do you have any kind of advice for inspiring musicians, uh, especially guitarists and things who want to kind of develop their own sound and style? Uh, how did you kind of go about it and any advice to give to people? We, we kind of just, uh, when we've always been the, we'll just play what we want to in regards to like we'll listen to new bands 
And me and Keith are quite good at like zooming in to be like, see that bit? That was class. Like, and we'll do that a lot over beers and be like, just see that? That was really cool. I liked what they did there. And then that kind of just gets amalgamated, changed completely. Like, you know, it's just an idea and then thrown into the mix of just writing tunes. So we're kind of like a boiling pot of all the things that we like. And that's not just metal. That's like, uh, you know, horror films and John Carpenter and all that. So all the synth stuff that comes in, I love all that shit. I kind of grew up on those films. So it's like, it's like integral to who we are now kind of thing. Mm. But for new bands starting out, and getting their own sound. I think it's almost like it's quite a lot of pressure to say that on yourself. Like, we have to have our own sound kind of thing. Sure. Get in a room with like-minded individuals. Yeah. And just have fun. Just bash out stuff. Don't feel like there's this overwhelming pressure that you need to be like this or be like that or follow this trend or that. Just have fun, play music. And then when you feel like you're at the ready, just, just record it and make sure as much as you possibly can, you're just enjoying the experience. Because the best music comes out when you're enjoying it, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wanted to touch on a, a slightly more serious topic as well. And do you ever feel the burnout, as people call it? And if you do, how do you combat that, uh, being a musician and creative person? Are you meaning uh, in what in what kind of scenario? You mean just in general, or yeah, just kind of when when like you're um. So I'll give you an example when you're when you're in the midst of writing the album, right? And there's just a song that won't quite finish itself. And you kind of have that mindset. You just go, oh, well, fuck it then. We'll just fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever feel that? And if you do, how do you combat that? We're writing music. It's, it's probably the red verse we had, like, most 10 tunes on it. Mm. And I think we had maybe about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And there was some, when we were in, me and Keith, because me and Keith just write them. Because, because as I said before, Keith's a guitarist, so I'll play a riff. And you just know what to fucking do. And I yes. am the world's greatest air drummer. I can do, I can be like, no, no, like, when I get behind a kit, it is fucking awful. Everything just goes at the same time. I, I don't know what's going on with that, but it's, it's, it's shocking. I love the idea of playing drums. I just can't. Yeah. Uh, when, sure. we were, when we were writing, we were quite, like, self-militant about being like, well, that's shite. Well, it's just not, like, you know, we, we'll work out a whole song and an arrangement and be like, you know what, it's just not really hitting it. And we're not precious. We're just like, right, it's recorded. If we want to steal things from that, we, we can, but it's gone. So we're quite, yeah, we're, we're on the ball that it has to give us that feeling of like, oh shit, this is cool. Uh, but I suppose in terms of like burnout, uh, burnout and like just generally being in a band, uh, now definitely that we're touring, like you just don't have that feeling because you're like, yes, this is, the, yeah. this is the great part. But this album was, it was like, I think the fifth album's the, the dreaded fifth album that it takes, just because we wanted it to be the best we can. Uh, yeah took a lot out of us to get to get that to that point and there was a lot especially with backwards and forwards with mixes and stuff like that but uh there was a point there where i was just like oh my god this is fucking intense but yeah. then it was like a slight tweak on the distortion a slight tweak of the drums and then it was like that feeling was immediately gone i was like well this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> i mean so oh wow well, look at this sounds class i mean Evan just suddenly connected together so it's cool uh but like to, to kind of combat that you just need to, like, it's about remembering why you do it. Because you're yeah. certainly not doing it for money. Yeah. You do it because it's fun. And you do it yeah. because you love music. And it's just what, what we do. And we have done for years. And we, I'll be doing it till someone's wheeling me on the stage. And that's, you know, I'll, if, as long as they hold the chair steady, I'll just get the windmill going. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, but that, it's, it's that humblingness of it, remembering that. Also, like, if it can, I think the social media aspect of bands having to do that, it's like, I think every band would agree that's 
usually it's never all usually all the bands it's always like select members of the band that deal with that and that yeah. takes its toll because you're constantly on social media and regardless you're going to end up scrolling the kind of poison doom scroll at some point you're like oh my god that's yeah. that's all probably the worst part about being in a band these days yeah. and we always joke saying like imagine if it was just like the 80s and the 90s and you just created tapes that'd be class <laughs> I mean, <laughs> absolutely uh, but i suppose it's just kind of taking a step back from that as well and being like well uh, and again kind of repeat myself just reminding yourself why you do this and uh, even like for they put so much work into like recording getting this to how we sound uh, how we want it to sound and all the promotion but now this is the payoff so after all you would almost be looking at the future being like yeah the eyes of the divine is about to come out and that's yeah. the, you know i can't wait to show people that so that's that's the payoff absolutely um, Luke, I've got a couple final questions for you before I let you on your way, if that's cool. Um, sure. And this is kind of, this is the what I call, quote unquote, the fun part of the podcast, right? So I need you to kind of immerse yourself with it and go along a little bit, because the more you go along with it, the better the outcome is, right? right. So you are, I'm giving you the option to play a three-band bill with Dog Tired, but I want to know who are the other two bands you're having on the bill? And you can have any band who is active Right. And we say this because we've had people say, well, yeah, fuck it. We're having like Metallica open for us and then we're going on top, you know. So who are you going to have and why? Well, you just said Metallica. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) who diehard Metallica fans? But under (laughs) no circumstances would we go on um, after after Metallica because I'd be a fucking wreck. I met Hatfield and just be like, oh, Christ, Jimmy. <laughs> Literally. But uh, now, me and Kiefer, we see Metallica in Sweden, actually. Uh, we're going with Amazing. Like that. So, doing the whole two day thing and that. So, that'd be cool. But yeah, Metallica, because it's, we grew up with Metallica. Metallica are like a staple point. And I, not just for us, for thousands, millions of people around the world, they were like the gateway for like your life being completely changed in the metal. So it would be definitely Metallica, but they'd be at the top because I want to see that poster with Metallica at the top. They've got a cooler logo than us as well. So they'd be at the top and we'd be like, yeah, somewhere at the bottom. As long as we're on the same festival, it'd be cool. Other bands, does that just have to be two bands? Or can we like... So we can make it, it, I'd normally keep it to three band bill, but you can add a couple if you like. That's that's cool. Well, okay. Well, now Gojira. I love Gojira. I just think that Mm. they... They, especially some of their albums like Mars to Sirius it's just some of their riffs I think honestly they don't know that they have created riffs that are fucking just absolutely timeless someone needs to grab them and be like dude that that was fucking out of hand <laughs> holy shit I, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you're um, familiar with um, the Downbeat podcast they had um, uh, Mario on the podcast and he was just honestly I mean they're down's worth human beings I imagine anyway, yeah. but he was just so like I, I, I'm not gonna do a French accent. He's like, I play drums. It's all right. I play in a band. It's all right. He was just like, it was blowing my fucking mind. He was like, yeah, I, I practice for like six days a week. I was like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really nice and to see a, a to see a band that like you know I, I missed it. I missed the gigs. I kind of got into Gojira a little bit later than everyone else. Uh, but seeing them from like playing smaller venues in Glasgow and stuff like yeah. that, suddenly like saw them headline in Bloodstock, and I was like, you fucking deserve like. Not only deserve it, but you nailed that. You were the headline band. And it's like, for a band to be like French and not American, and to get to that level of like, I mean, they, they, when they were touring with Metallica, I was like, fucking, that's them. That's stratosphere stuff there, eh? And yeah. for uh, like four French dudes just to be able to do that, it's amazing. It kind of gives gives every band in Europe the hope of like, all right, well, they did it. And and also they've, they've got their own sound. I mean, everyone would agree with that, that they've kind of 
carved out their own niche of metal. And you can yeah. hear, including me, you can hear every fucking guitarist now doing the, the kind of Gojira pick scrape. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone does that. I had to throw it in as well. Mine's is a bit more sleazy than like the your traditional ones, but uh, it's just like, you know, that's them change the face of metal. But every guitarist is like, that's fucking cool. I'm going to do that kind of thing. So. Absolutely. And that, that's the thing. They they have no right going that fucking hard. Uh, that's one thing I always yeah, yeah, say. Yeah, totally right. uh, other bands, who fucking else would have? Ah, oh, it's too many. There's too many fucking bands. Uh, sure. I, I love that. Slayer. I would have Slayer on it. I know that you said yeah. active bands, but I'd just give Kerry a call and be like, mate, you know, fucking get get the band back together and support yeah. the <laughs> I, I I've never seen uh, a band more or, or an artist in a band more rabid to get their band back together than Kerry King. <laughs> I kind of missed all that chat, but I think is he not just like, what are we doing? I'm sitting about bored as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I don't know if it's bullshit rumors, but I heard is he not getting a band together with like Phil Anselmo and someone else or something like that, like uh, oh, okay. after oh, the Pantera okay. tour or some shit. So. That probably makes a lot of sense, and it'll blow up the internet. So yeah, most probably. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I've got a couple of final questions for you, uh, and one of which is: so in 2023, I'm asking every single guest. So you got to go along this a little bit, right? So when I'm a huge, massive podcaster, right, and I've got loads of fucking money and loads of influence and everything else, I'm going to create uh, a, a festival called the Nevermind Poly Podcast Festival, right? And I'm going to invite every band who've played uh, on the on the show to come play at the festival, including your good self. Now, what I'd like to know is what is one thing you would like to add to the rider of said festival for all the bands to use? Now, the, the, there's a caveat with this. You have no financial or no logistical constraints. You can have whatever your heart desires. So what I'd like to know is what you'd like to add. Add to, to like, the rider. Mm. So uh, to give you to give you a bit of context, is it just one thing. Is it just one thing? It, it can be one thing. So it can be as simple. So I had um, Andy from Therapy on, who literally just said, "I just want like fresh, uh, like underwear. I want like clean socks, like things like that." Um, uh, but everyone can have access to them. So someone well, yeah. <laughs> be bunch of times. Like, would you like some old dusty socks? I think everyone gets a pair of said item, but yeah. All right, okay, um, cool. cool. <laughs> um, so we've had people say they want like a petting zoo, which is weird because they're in a black metal band, but you know, I'll leave that joke there. <laughs> All kinds of different things. What would you like to add? Um, just off the top of my head, a, a jacuzzi or one of those blow up kind of swimming pool things would be class. Mm, because if you came yes. off, like, imagine you're at a festival. Everyone's done their set by that point, and you're just like, hey, just like get get the trunks on and get the bottle, yeah. bottle of bucket and just sit and just stew in your own filth. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, Luke, thank you so much for your time, buddy. This has been a fucking blast. I've got one final question for you. Is a question I've asked every single guest who've been gracious enough to give me their time, like your good self, and that is simply, what is the best thing about being in a band, in your opinion? Uh. Two things I'd say, like you're know, writing mm. music with your friends. That's definitely one of them. Yeah. And a uh, playing live. I think playing live is the the payoff. You're getting to you've something you've spent ages creating. You just get to go on stage, and what we try and do with the live show is just make it like it's like a fucking explosion. Just boom! Like here we go. We're here to have fun, and seeing the reaction of like people being like, especially if they haven't seen you before, they'll be mm -hmm. like, what? the fuck is going on and seeing them get turned around get involved 
and that energy you feed off that and it's kind of like vice versa so by the end it's just like the pinnacle of like folk are shaking like oh my god what the fuck's just happened that's the best part of being a band I love that. I love that. So everyone, the new Dog Tired record, um, which is called The Red Verse, is out on the 3rd of June. Uh, there is tour dates uh, on social media. Go and search them out. Uh, Luke, is there anything I've missed? Anything you would like to say at the end of the podcast to the people listening and watching at home? No, it's just uh, check out The Red Verse. It's out on the 3rd of June, as you said. It's 10 tracks of absolute visceral and dynamic metal. We hope you fucking enjoy it. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. It's been a fucking pleasure, my friend, and we will see you very, very soon at a show. Cheers, Matt. Uh, if I catch you at a show soon, uh, let us can. I'll get you on the door and stuff like that. And we'll have yeah, a I was going to say, one thing I always say is I always try and buy a beverage of, of the gentleman or a lady's choice because, you know, this time is money and all the rest of it, so I appreciate yeah. it. We'll get a pint, Thank Matt. Thanks, Matt. Peace. See you soon. Peace. Cheers, bye. <laughs>